Unite Wedding Photographers, and welcome to episode number 50. 50! What? Episode number 50 of Wedding Crazy. Photographers Unite. <laughs> uh, my name is Andy Buscemi, in good company with the night owl of Wedding and myself, Mr. Neil Urban. Neil, what's up, man? Not much. How are you doing? I'm a little sick. I'm, I'm, I'm a little oh, under the weather, man. if you can hear from my voice. Just a little bit. No, no, I can't. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good then. <laughs> um, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm faking it pretty well. I mean, it could be worse, you know, but it's not that bad. Um, and, uh, you know, I I don't know. I'm just, just, uh, I guess the, the, it's been a similar story. The last few episodes, I'm just editing, trying to get, get uh, through my last edits and I got a couple more weddings and, Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm, uh, I just want to get everything edited and done, uh, by early January. Uh, also like my year, the only blog post I do per year so that I can, when I do the India thing. Um, I can just go and not have to worry about um, having any any more weddings to edit. Um, but I'm I'm like I'm like right on that line where I'm like okay I, I like have to do like a wedding and a half per week in order to have that happen. I've got the math worked mm-hmm. out, so I can't uh, I can't I can't fall behind. Got to keep going. Got to keep got to keep plugging through on those wedding edits. Um, yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's why I'm a night owl. That's yeah, that, that's why you're the, the night owl. Night. That's why you have <laughs> much. that's why you have that nickname. Um, and how about you? What do you what do you have going on? Um, you know, vacation's coming up, so I'm trying to get as much off my to do list as much as possible. Because um, you know me, I, I don't like to post myself having fun when I have work mm-hmm. to do or when clients are waiting on on work. So, um, so I don't know if I'm going to be posting anything while I'm on vacation, just because of that reason. Because I think I, I'm going to actually have clients waiting for stuff. So, um. So I think it's going to be more of one of those incognito vacations yep. um, where I'm just going to disappear off offline for an entire mm-hmm. week. Um, other than that, yeah, just working around the clock and uh, and getting ready for the holidays. Okay. Um, well, we have a really good, uh, really great guest that we're going to have on. We actually just had the interview mm-hmm. with him, and we're going to uh, bump him in uh, the show in just a second. But uh, just before we do, uh, listeners, we have an assortment of handpicked information that's relevant to you. Uh, but just in case you lost your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-monthly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. Bye, wedding photographers. The show goes live every other week. <laughs> so every other week. <laughs> every other week, 8.5 to 9 times out of 10. And while we're at it, please do leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes and help us help you by sending in questions to info at weddingphotographersunite.com. That's info at weddingphotographersunite.com. And a couple of just quick announcements. Uh, uh, just a reminder to join our Facebook group. If you go into Facebook book and uh, search for Wedding Photographers Unite, uh, the Facebook group will come up in there. Join us in there. And then also episode 51, that's next episode. Uh, hopefully by the time you hear this episode, um, you'll have a, at least a day or two uh, to still get in your uh, entries if you're interested because next episode we're going to do a listener critique we're going to take a look at some listener photos and just uh do a a quick critique critique of uh listener photos there Uh, if you can send in your top four images at 2,000 pixels long on the long end 
Um, and if you can get those in by 12, 15, that would be great. Um, if you're a day or two late, we'll probably be, we'll probably be okay too. Okay. Um, but, uh, get, get in those, uh, images to info at whitingphotographersunite.com and we'll do a critique of those images uh, on episode 51. Yeah. And we're not only going to tear the images apart, which we probably won't, but we're also going to help you of what could have made the photo better as in lighting, posing, expressions, all that stuff. So, uh, so we're, yeah, we're just not going to tear your stuff apart. We're going to, we're actually going to help you. Yes. So. And but at the same time, um, you know, we might, I, I don't know, we won't tear it apart, but at the same time, nobody learns anything if we don't basically <laughs> help people improve, you know? So, so you, exactly. so you have to be at yeah. least a little bit prepared to have us say some negative things or things that could be better, you know, about a particular image, but I don't know. There's there's some good work coming in. There is. There's, there definitely yeah. is. We've had some nice nice entries so far. So, um, mm -hmm. we'll and we'll do that uh, and also kind of release that as a YouTube release as well, so you can check out the video as we're uh, looking through each image. Um, mm -hmm. And then just really quickly, uh, uh, Sam Hurd is coming to Rochester, New York, uh, uh, in early January. And I mentioned this on the last episode, but just one more time, I'm going to mention that uh, if you're interested in. Uh, checking out uh, Sam Sam's workshop. Uh, one of our listeners in the Facebook group, um, I think his name is Simon, uh, left a, put an amazing review of a Sam Hurd workshop that he had been to in London when Sam was in London for a workshop out there. Uh, really good stuff. If you're at all interested, um, I'm going to link to uh, Simon's uh, review that he posted uh, in the show notes as well. Uh, you should check that out if you're at all interested in taking a look at, at Sam Wor Sam Hurd workshop. If whether you're not you're in the 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 New York area to attend and just kind of drive in, or if it's something that you want to, or you're even in the uh, Toronto area too, they can absolutely. come on in. If... Yep, absolutely. So we're only a few hours away from Toronto, maybe like three hours away from Toronto out in Rochester. So, um, but uh, yeah, uh, there's a few open spots there. I think he does like he limits it to ten, and I don't know how many he has, but I think there's just a few left open. So if you're interested, you can jump in on that, uh, and I'll link to Simon's review of his Sam Hurd workshop because it was uh, it was a really good review. Um, it'll kind of give you an idea of what the whole thing will be about. Um, and uh, other than that, we're going to jump right into our interview with James Kelly. Uh, and we're going to, I guess, in the interview, we just kind of had him introduce himself and got into some questions and a really good, uh, funny conversation with him. Uh, it, was a, it was a good interview. So we'll jump into that right now and we'll be back in yeah. just a little bit. All right, everybody. Uh, we are here with James Kelly. Uh, we're going to have James introduce himself before we uh, get into an interview with him. But uh, he's been a listener and he's uh, we kind of met up on the, the new Facebook group there. And uh, so we're going to have a conversation with James and we have a few things to talk about here. So, James, how's it going? Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. Hi, guys. It's going well. Um, my name is James Kelly. I'm from the border of the northeast of Scotland and the Highlands. So if there's anyone that's a, a whiskey fan, then uh, you'll if hear you can't space, tell from his space voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Speyside whiskey is usually probably the best way to describe where where I live. Uh, I've been a wedding photographer for seven years now, and I've been a photographer for twelve years. Mm. So um, fell fell into the wedding photography by accident. Uh, had no intentions of being a wedding photographer. <laughs> Couldn't think. Couldn't think of anything worse than being a wedding photographer. Um, I, I was forced into a friend um, booked me to do her wedding, and I said no, and she refused to uh, 
she refused to book a photographer. Oh, well, and, so you yeah. really were kind of just like shoehorned yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a high end, no expense spared kind of wedding. And I, I had to do it. And to be brutally honest, it was a complete disaster. Everything that, everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong, but it worked out great in the end. She loved her images. He loved her images. And off the back of that, people asked me, people asked me for more and more. And um, yeah, I do about 35 weddings a year now. Okay. So yeah, so, keeps me so, busy. Yeah, absolutely. And so did you, um, you were more, I noticed I checked out your website and you do a lot of landscape photography work as well. Is that kind of where you got started just artistically with it? And then, and then that kind of happened where you're kind of forced, forced into it. Right. But uh, what was your, what was your photo background before that or artistic background before that? I originally studied, um, uh, web design and decided, uh, realized I had absolutely no design skills whatsoever. (laughs) And I, the, the college that I was studying at um, had a black and white darkroom. It was all, it was 90% film, 10% digital. And this is going back 12 years. Mm-hmm. And I stepped into a darkroom and fell in love with the whole process of film processing, enlargers, the chemicals, the smell. And then, if, oh yeah, I, I love it. Love, actually, I still love that vinegary kind of smell. And then, um, then I discovered photography and just it all kind of worked in. But I, I actually used to do the nightclubs, I used to do the bars and nightclubs around Scotland. Mm. Um, so you're the club photographer? You know, free. Oh, club wow. Okay. Originally. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was free free entry to all the bars and clubs <laughs> um, in, in, in Aberdeen in the northeast of Scotland. And then the business grew. We took on Inverness, Dundee, Edinburgh, Glasgow. And in the end, we had about um, we had 24 photographers working for us in total around wow. Scotland doing nightclubs, bars. Mm. Um, yeah, it was stressful, uh-huh. hard work, uh, relationship killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't ideal. Uh, and, and, you know, my golden rule was you have to be sober in the bars as well. Which right, really that's a problem. Well. <laughs> so... Yeah, sold sold that in two thousand, end of two thousand nine, and I took a bit of a break to concentrate on landscape. Landscape photojournalism mm. was what I really loved. I actually wanted to be a conflict photographer, a war photographer. The plan was to do a mm. year in college and then join the army. Uh, unfortunately, nightclubs <laughs> got in the way. Um, so yeah, I took a bit of a break, concentrate on my landscape, and then the weddings just crept in. So I spend my time split between um, weddings landscape and horses mm. i photograph a lot of horses as well yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's, that's where the money is <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's how i and then do a lot of family portraits now as well but weddings is the majority of my work um okay so yeah. before we go on to uh one of the topics we were going to talk about today which is some of the differences between what it's like to photograph in your neck of the woods compared to ours um, can we, will you just talk a little bit about um, Scotland and like what the wedding market is like there compared to maybe how you perceive it to be in the States or different parts of the world? Because uh, I know that, you know, I, when I've talked to even, you know, we had had a conversation with like German, the Germans were listening a few episodes ago, but I've, but I've spoken to a lot of German photographers and they say the market is very different. There's, it's harder to kind of make a living there. I'm just com- curious to know like what it's like in Scotland, how you perceive it to be when you compare it to the rest of the world. Yeah, especially when you said the, uh, the money's where the horses are. Yeah. I'm kind of intrigued. Um, yeah, well, well, first of all, horses, if, if, if you've got someone who owns a horse, they tend to have money. Horses are expensive. Oh, are you run. serious? Are you, were you serious about the horses, yeah. oh, oh, I thought you were, I thought you were oh, totally yeah, joking. Yeah, no, seriously. Okay. No, 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 no deadly serious. <laughs> um, you know, if you... Um, 
if you go to photograph, you go to livery normally where all the horses are kept, and if one person asks you to come, next thing you know, you've got 20 people wanting you to photograph their horse, and you can work in little mini wow. sessions. And they love these horses more than their kids. It's the only hmm. way to describe it. And they, 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 for, for me, you can show wedding photographs, you can show portrait photographs to the people, and they love it. Oh, that's really nice. You show a horse photograph to a horse owner, and tears, crying, love wow. it, beautiful, huge, big, 30-inch prints framed up in the wow. wall, this sort of stuff. You know, and their kids are usually just on the iPhone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's you know, if I can if I can do you know ten fifteen horses in a weekend, you know that 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 works out, and it's less work, it's less editing, less hassle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot better, and and they tend to return every couple of years as well, which is good. So. Are, are these uh, are these are the owners' portraits with the horse, or is it just the horse itself, or are there usually are there, is it more photojournalist kind of stuff of the horse in action? Yeah, do, bit do of both. Tell. A bit of both. So we will, we'll, uh, we if we've got a good session with with a horse, then it'll be horse by itself, nice portraits, uh, action shots of the horse um, doing its thing. And sometimes a horse owner will want to come in with a photograph. Sometimes okay. a child will come in with a photograph if they've got a daughter or a son. Normally the son gets pushed or the kid gets pushed <laughs> to the side and it's just a horse. Uh, that's happened a few times. Um, a lot of my a lot of my wedding clients are also horse owners. So we do like a shoot. We've just done one uh, last week where we got the um, the bride on the horse in these beautiful woods, <laughs> really frosty. Um, I think it was sitting about minus two degrees Celsius um, and she was on a horse in her wedding dress riding the horse and you know she's just you know she's over the moon with, with, the, with the photographs and wow so there's a real connection there yeah a real okay. connection there it's really different um, yeah in terms of the wedding photography being different yeah price is a big factor here in, in, in the UK especially in Scotland uh, compared to say in America the impression that I get from, from a lot of the research that I do you know you're looking at anything between Maybe three thousand dollars to eight, nine thousand dollars for a wedding for a photographer. Now here in the UK, I I'm about middle of the range price. Um, I'm just under two thousand pounds uh, for charging for a wedding, which you know is is a big difference compared to the American market. If you go into England, the south of England, if you've got a really good mm-hmm. name, you're looking three and a half, four thousand pound. Um, the part of the world that I come from, uh, the northeast of Scotland, we have Aberdeen. Aberdeen is considered the the oil um, capital of Europe. Mm. So we have we have a lot of high rollers, a lot of money up here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're on a massive downturn uh, in this area. We've had a lot of redundancy. I think it's a hundred. Now, what was it? Someone said oh, it was something like one hundred twenty-five thousand redundancies in the last year and a half. So that's a good bit of Aberdeen have lost their job. Uh, is, so, it, is that just in relation to the oil market itself? Yeah, the oil market dipped down um, really bad, one of the worst downturns we've had in decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a lot of people have lost their job. So it's worked in two ways. We've got people who've been made redundant. They've been working with the company for 20 years. They've got a bucket load of cash. They're blowing it all on their wedding. Mm-hmm. You know? Then you've got other people who are, who are you know, right, we're engaged, but we're actually going to plan a wedding three years down the line or four years down mm-hmm. the line. And we oh, get the okay. job. Take it like that. So, you know, I've already got bookings coming in for 2019. Um 2018 2019 already coming in i know one of our local venues has just taken their first 2020 booking wow which wow. is insane <laughs> yeah. that's a it's, yeah. it's a busy venue you know they, they'll easily do three four weddings a week and they nail it wow. they're just phenomenal um mm-hmm. so the pricings have, have dropped a lot and you have to be quite flexible with people um with the pricing market the same because of the, the way that it is but mm-hmm. you know being positive i've 
I'm pretty much fully booked for next year. I'll get a few last minute bookings coming in. Uh, 2018 as well is, is I think I'm about two thirds away full. Um, mm-hmm. So hey, can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, ab- so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so another thing I just kind of noticed, uh, just checking out uh, your Facebook profile there, is uh, you, you are the uh, the Scottish Wedding Directory. You kind of run the Scottish uh, Wedding Directory. So what is yeah. that? Tell us about that. So six months ago, seven months ago, I got approached by the Scottish Wedding Directory. So it's the, the biggest Scottish wedding magazine in, 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 well, in Scotland. Um, and they're a main directory of, of everything weddings. They approached me to come on and be what's called an accounts manager. So my job is to look after all their clients within the Grampians, Highlands and Islands. So it's a huge area that I look after, um, racking up the mileage in the car. Mm. <laughs> um, my job my job is basically to interact with all the suppliers within the wedding industry, um, you know, work with the magazine, whether it be features, editorial, get them all that sort of James, James, you sound like a very busy man. Sounds like sounds like you got a lot going on there. You got you got these all these weddings I, coming up, Scottish <laughs> wedding directory. I know yeah. you got a kid there for, for you know, you got, you yeah, got a lot going yeah. on there, man. <laughs> you got a year and a half year old kid as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have two full time jobs. Uh, two full time jobs. I'm very lucky that both of them are very flexible. Um, so I can work them around. Whether my my fiance and my kid see me that much is a different story. <laughs> uh, especially the last seven months. Um, I know, for instance, in August I had um, I had nine weddings in August plus doing the full time job. Wrong. So things are in place to make my life a lot easier. Yeah. Um, Did you? Um, I'm sorry to, but I just want to. I'm just curious because you said you used to run all these 20 photographers working for you. Do you still have other people that work for you and shoot for you too? Or what? I have, I have, um, I have one second, uh, second shooter. Um, Louise is my second shooter. I train, I've been training her up for six years now and she came my second shooter two okay. years ago. Mm. So she's phenomenal. Oh, she's, she's, she's worth her weight in gold. I just leave her to it and she does what, she, what mm. needs to be done. Um, and then Iris, my, my fiance, she helps me a lot with my, my paperwork side of things and the, the accounts, the, the jobs that I don't mm. really want to do. So she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's good at that, you know, she, um, she's, she's being a mother. She doesn't want to go back to work. Um, she's actually her field. She's a marine mm. mammal scientist. Mm. So she, she specializes mm-hmm. in whales and dolphins. So she's very flexible contracts. So she just works with me. She does the paperwork and deals with a lot of my emails, my bookings and stuff like that as well. So I get to get to go out and do the, the photography. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, so let's go to kind of the meat and potatoes of what we were going to talk about, uh, which mm-hmm. is just like uh, the differences that you kind of notice between, uh, you know, what you, well, I guess we'll have a conversation and see what we perceive to be, mm-hmm. but what are the, some of the differences that you notice um, between weddings that you'll photograph in Scotland um, compared to the, you know, the rest of the world and the States. And then also you had mentioned the Faroe Islands, um, which is, um, mm-hmm. we can talk a little bit about that, but maybe let's stick, st- stick to Scotland first and then, and then yeah. go out into the Faroe Islands and talk about that. So no, first, first question, um, do you, have you ever photographed a wedding here in the States, James? No, no, not yet. You're not yet. I'm open to it. I'm open to coming over and uh, doing okay. a wedding over there, but no, no, not in the not in the states. Okay. Flights, okay. Are, flights are probably too expensive. So, uh, <laughs> although yeah, I did yeah. always get the Bahamas recently, came very very oh. close to the Bahamas. We're doing photo shoots in the Bahamas just through um, a wedding I did here in Scotland. Half the family were from the Bahamas, hmm. and they were all chatting around about getting me to come over and do family shoots and stuff over there and pay for my flights. So um, I thought they were joking, but. 
they were being quite serious. Yeah, so, well, uh, well, we'll maybe we maybe we can no, institute no. A, a wedding photographers exchange program. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, we can just spring it on one of our couples without telling them. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, what, what's going on? I'm here to photograph your wedding in Scotland, and we'll give you one in the states, and then we'll go from there. You know. So we'll, we'll talk about that's that after the show, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, so back, back to it. Uh, so some of the differences between that, that yep. you kind of notice in between the Scotland there. I think um, I think with it's, it's hard to see because, I mean, looking at online and seeing what a lot of other photographers do in America, it's very possible that different states in America may do weddings differently. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure, mm-hmm. um, especially when you've got a lot of your, your major sunshine states, California, you get a lot of sunshine, um, the impression I get is a lot of the weddings take place later in the day, more into mm-hmm. the into the afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. Our weddings, I would say, majority of our weddings they get married at one o'clock. Mm. So they'll get married at one o'clock, half past one in the afternoon, um, half mm. an hour at most. Yeah. Is there a reason for that? Um, don't know. Really just tradition. know. Just um, traditionally, <laughs> half past <laughs> one. That's when we do it. <laughs> Ask the wedding venues and ask the churches. Uh, I think they'll be the one. They, they set it. It's, it's always been. I think it's always been like that, as far as I can see. Okay. Um, yeah, they'll get married about half past one. So most couples will get ready at their their own house, um, and the groom will be somewhere else, or they'll get ready at the wedding venue if that allows. Um, so they get married. They get ready in the morning. They do their bits and bobs. They arrive at the the venue of the church. They get married at say one o'clock. It lasts no more than forty five minutes. Half hour, forty five minutes. And uh, they come out, you know, they get congratulated by all their guests. Now, if can yeah. I ask a very ignorant question? Yeah. Um, my ignorant question is, is, is there a particular religious affiliation <sighs> that that, you know, or what's how does that work there? That's interesting because it's recently changed. Um, we have um, there's, there's, there's obviously there's different religions. Um, church of Scotland's a big um, is one of the biggest um, we say religion for churches. So most of the churches are Church of Scotland. Um, but we also have what's called humanist weddings. I'm not sure if that's something that you have over in the States. So this is someone who's not religious. It's a non-religious wedding and they're allowed to marry a couple. Um, so we have what's called the humanist society. And I believe it's only in Scotland that we have the humanist society. It's not allowed to happen in England. Um, you have things like the register. You might go to your local council and get married there. But we have these humanists who are trained to do weddings. They have taken over in the percentage of weddings in Scotland. Wow! As of this year, okay. So that's that's a big hit to the to the churches. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't want to get married in the church. They're, they're not religious. Mm-hmm. So what you have is these humanist people who are more all about the connection of a couple, the love. Um, nine times out of ten, they have more of a sense of humour. Um, <laughs> a lot of laughing, a lot of you know jokes that happen, stories about the couple how they met. Mm-hmm. Um, we have certain traditions like tying the knot. So I don't know if you ever use the expression tying the knot over in. in yes. The, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Tying the knot. Um, I'm not sure I get this right. I've heard this enough at weddings, but I usually don't listen. But it's to do with um, two, Scottish, two Scottish clans, two different tartans that come together. And it used to be that the um, the back in a couple of hundred years ago, the bride would wear the groom's tartan for a year around her and that's kind of like um symbol that she's prepared to be with him and then they get married and then the two tartans are tied together and that's known as tying the knot hmm. so that's where the expression comes i never from. knew that so we're, we all uh, learned here something either. today i think a lot of our yeah. listeners just so did there too. we go so i'll set i'll get some photographs and send them over to you so you can see it happening and get some video um so we do that the, the two tartans to come together um the two clans we also have another one which is called the quake 
and this is a little silver um like a little silver bowl and it's where you tend to put the whiskey into mm. it um and what happens is the couple take a drink from the quay um and sometimes if it goes around the whole family um to be brutally honest usually it's just an excuse to get drunk um <laughs> <laughs> a good bottle of whiskey there and it gets poured in you know the impressions i had of scotland are, are reigning true in this conversation but we'll, oh, we'll, we'll keep going wait wait, wait to tell you about the faroe islands has got nothing <laughs> <laughs> they're the drinkers um, so we have all these different traditions we have one called um jumping the broom and it's like a witch's broom that they have on the ground um and the bride and groom have got to jump over it and whoever jumps the highest they say will be the ruler of the, the relationship the one that's Usually it's a woman, so um, <laughs> sure, yeah. it's a modern world. So we have all we we do all these crazy uh, and amazing traditions during the ceremony. That sometimes takes a little bit longer time, but um, these the time they're not used does happen in churches. But usually it's the humanists that do a lot more of the, the quakes and things like that. So yeah, hmm. um, when we do all that, we come out, we do our dues, and we tend to have an hour to an hour and a half to do family shots the group shots and the guest shots an hour and a half of time to do it wow. so if you imagine it's summer it's july you're getting married at one o'clock the ceremony takes half an hour you've now got an hour and a half to do all the, the the portraits and if you're lucky we get the sun which we tend not to really get the sun that much the sun's at its highest highest peak it's really bright and you've got to work it in locations so you don't have the sun produce what we call panda eyes where you've got the, the kind of squinting um so the yeah summer weddings we do we do get some no, that's, yeah. that's funny you call them panda eyes we call them raccoon eyes i wonder why, <laughs> why that is yeah. um, there's an there's a difference right there yeah it's it's so yeah we get that so you have that hour and a half um i know in a lot of states in america when the sun um they get married later in the day so they do their portraits as the sun's starting to set so when you come into that lovely golden hour that's when you start doing the portraits for me as a photographer i try not focus on the portraits as much during the day and after the first dance or after the meal as the sun's starting to set that's when we go out in the portraits mm. the downside to that it's later in the day being in scotland you run the risk of having rain um, and also the bride and groom might be drunk yeah i was just i was just thinking that yep. yeah so i i'm like you can't get drunk afterwards let your hair down <laughs> go for it for a while but we've we've had to sober up Quite often the brides. We often have to sober up the brides. <laughs> this is uh, this is a real world problem for you guys over there, isn't it? Yeah, this is yeah, no joke. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's some, you know, not, I've never seen things, but um, it's usually pretty when everyone lets. So, yeah, and um, we have our we we have our meal normally about say four five o'clock, uh, and then we go through to a separate room while everyone's eating, do the speeches first, eat food. Um, we go through to another room. <laughs> if we're lucky, the hotel might feed us. It depends who, which venue it is. They're meant to, but they don't often. Um, sit down, do a bit of editing, usually. Uh, if, if they yeah. don't feed you, what do you do? Oh, well, if, if, if we don't get food, then we leave the venue. This is a, this is what we say to the couples that, you know, we, we ask that the couples arrange that, the venue gives us food, you know, whether we're couples paying for it, we're paying for it. We don't mind. Um, nine times out of 10, the couple pay for it, but we're an afterthought. That's the problem mm. with the venues. We're, they're paying for the food, but we'll get it as they're going to have their desserts. And that's when mm. we're getting ready to go out. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like, I mean, we have that problem too. And I always bring that up at my meetings. Don't forget to feed us, that kind of thing. Mm. But it sounds like it's worse there if you actually, because I've never had it miss. 
but I always yeah. I always mention it, but you, it sounds like it happens often. Yeah, you. yeah, it, it does. Um, it depends on the venue. If you go to a venue where they have outside catering, they're even worse. We had one recently where we got told there wasn't enough food for the suppliers. So I said, look, fine, give it to the videographers. I'll go to uh, the nearest, uh, um, nearest village. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're in the Cairngorms. We're in this, this <laughs> as we call it, you know, um, 15, 20 minute drive to the nearest village. And then we have what's called a chipper. So it's your fish and chips, you know, mm. traditional chips mm. can't go wrong um cash only so i went to the atm atm's broken went to the other oh, ATM. no no cash you know the nearest village is like you know 30 kilometers away i was like oh you got to be kidding me so i end up actually having nothing to eat since about eight in the morning until half 10 at night and we have the evening buffet and i attacked that like uh <laughs> yeah i attacked that evening buffet <laughs> i was the first first in the queue so that happens quite a lot. Um, it's a bit of a disappointment, but some venues are, are phenomenal. They'll give you a table, you get a three-course meal, you know, whatever you want. You know, they don't want anything for it. They're great. Hmm. So, yeah, have the food, and then usually we do what's called a room turnaround. So that's where the guests will be ushered to another room, um, and they'll turn the room around, take all the tables away, get the dance floor all set up, band will come in, set up. And then the first dance will happen. Cut the cake. Sorry, cut the cake first unless you're a lazy photographer when they cut the cake before the speeches because the photographer's left. Um, <laughs> and then they cut the cake in the evening. So this is maybe about eight o'clock at night. And then the dancing starts. First dance, band kicks off, get some Kaylee dancing going on. Everyone gets pretty drunk. Usually find it's a broken arm or a broken leg So uh, <laughs> with the dancing. So, yeah, and then I tend to leave about half 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'm there. I'm there late. Um, I love the evening part. I absolutely love it. Um you know, mm-hmm. Uncle Jimmy's absolutely hammered. He's drunk, dancing you, like. You know, I will say, <laughs> I photographed American Scottish weddings, and those are like the craziest. You know, like yeah. people are going nuts, and there's all sorts of insanity happening. <laughs> they they, they, they literally are yeah. like my craziest receptions when I have oh, like my Scottish American weddings. So. Did, did they have the they have the Scottish dancing at all? Were they doing? Oh the yeah, dancing? oh yeah. yeah, yeah, got, yeah. So the, you, the kilts are on. All yeah. that stuff is oh, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yep. kilt, the kilts are the kilts are fun. Um, uh-huh. the, kilt, the kilts I have an issue with because. You know, if you're a true Scotsman, you don't wear underwear under your kilt. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, sin. it's a sin to wear underwear. Um, and usually, if you've got the father or the uh, the, the father of uh, the groom and bride at the front row and they're sitting there with their kilt on, with their legs open, um, I have to run up to them and ask them to close their legs. Um, there's been a few oh. occasions I've had to airbrush. airbrush. Um, yeah. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, it's all funny. And I, I'm, when we do weddings, we are, we're the life and party, we're a joke. We make fun of it. You know, if I know that the, the father of the, the bride, usually it's the father of the bride, because where he's sitting, um, he's doing it. I'll be like, I'm like, hi, James, can you close your legs? And then everyone will start laughing, you know, and it's, it's just the humor of it. And, and yeah. People love it. Yeah. People love it. So, um, you know, if, if I'm at a wedding and it's going great and everyone's dancing and I'm having fun, I'll stay as long as I can. You know, um, quite often we have long drives, but, you know, we, it's, it's just Kaylee dancing, especially if you've got Kaylee dancing. It's so much fun. And mm. I've seen me um, put the camera down and get involved a few times as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. That's, that's excellent. Um, so now let's go out to the Faroe Islands and tell us a little bit about that. And, uh, and, and actually, just uh, for our listeners, um, where are the Faroe Islands in relation to Scotland? Faroe, yeah, the Faroe Islands are um, 200 kilometers northwest of Shetland, which is our northernmost, northernmost island in mm. Scotland. So there, everyone knows about Iceland. Iceland is the photographer's place to go at the moment. Um, 
it's, I know a lot of Americans are, are heading over there doing mm-hmm. stuff. So if you picture where Scotland is and Iceland is, the Faroe Islands are bang smack mm-hmm. in the middle, mm-hmm. right in the middle. So it's a small collection of islands. There's 18 islands, uh, 48,000 people and declining. Oh. Um, declining? Oh, uh, yeah, declining, yeah. Is it affiliated with Scotland? Nope, they are affiliated, and we got to say this very, very loosely, to Denmark. Oh. Um, yeah, it's a bit like saying to Scotland you're owned by England. You mm. just wouldn't do it. And mm-hmm. it's the same in the Faroe Islands. You wouldn't say that you're owned Den- by Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, that's most of them kind of nice, so I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that. That's what they are. Yeah, they speak, they speak Faroese. They've got their own language, and then they also speak Danish and English. Mm. So mm. Yeah, standard. Mm-hmm beautiful place so uh, how are the weddings different in the Faroe Islands compared to even Scotland from what we just described completely different um longer much much longer um more sometimes the weddings in Scotland are very rushed it's, it's very time boom 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 you've got to get it done um and done by this time and away the Faroe Islands are completely more relaxed so you know to give you an idea um you might have one or two bridesmaids, maybe. You might mm. have no bridesmaids. Mm. I, and no I like those weddings. The group, group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the last one we did in July, um, the bride was getting ready at 5.30 in the morning. No, 4.30 in the morning. It was. She was the, the hairdresser at 4.30 in the morning. So, you know, you don't tend to have a room with lots of bridesmaids all around or groomsmen running around. It's It's just bride the groom and the families now did you actually what time did you start i started i started at half seven half seven in the morning which is earlier than usual um Mm -hmm. yeah it was a long day um yeah yeah, so it was seven seven thirty i started we're at the hairdresser um taking a lot of photographs it's very relaxed it's very 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 relaxed a lot of people might consider it a bit of a waste of time um for me I enjoy it. I, I find that if I'm there with the bride, I get to know them. They get a lot more relaxed around me and they, they kind of forget about me because they've seen me for, for, for so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they get ready in the morning. They will maybe have their wedding about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Once now the church, they're, they're always church weddings. The churches are phenomenal. They're just beautiful architectural um buildings or there'll be an old church that's like 150 years old with a grass roof um wooden beams just stunning um the the ministers are laid back so our ministers in scotland are really strict they hate photographers they hate them um majority of most of the churches will actually ban the photographer for being up front they've got to be the back Mm -hmm. Um, I, I sadly have been banned from one church, but that's because I had a falling out with the minister. Mm. He, was, he was quite rude mm. to me. I, I told him, I told him what I thought of him, so I wasn't welcome <laughs> back to that church. Um, uh. and, and I found out I was the last photographer, but he the, that that particular church he doesn't let photographers in at yeah. all. So photographers are not allowed to record the ceremony mm. at all. In in the face of it, they're slowly back. Yeah, do what you want. Go where you want. Stand where you want. Mm. Um, use flash. Don't use flash. Um, I always. I always take my shoes off so they don't hear them creaking around and they're, they're mm, fine with mm. that. Um, yeah, so they'll arrive at 12 o'clock. Everyone will be there. Everyone's in like jeans and t-shirt. Mm. 
women are dressed up. They have their, their national outfit on, um, the, um, the female and male both have a national outfit. But most of the guests all have jeans and T-shirts. That's, that's yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I, uh, when you sent me uh, the video, you sent me a link to a video. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I noticed that. I was like, wow, the guests are pretty casual, casual. Um, at the end. Yeah, so that that's, surprised that's me. That really surprised me because what happens is after the wedding, uh, 45 minutes, an hour later, they all go to a hall and they'll sit down and they'll have lunch. And it's a buffet lunch usually. So everyone sits down, buffet lunch, sandwiches, cakes, cakes. If you're if you're a cake fan, the fair is the best place to go. The cakes are unbelievable. Um, okay. Tea, coffee, and then everyone goes home. Hmm. Okay. So then we now have from say say one thirty in the afternoon until six o'clock at night to do their family portraits, to do friends if they're staying by, and to do their portraits. And wow. then, then they might stop and they'll visit like a, a nursing home, an old person's home, um, as we call them, um, mm-hmm. just a local local uh, nursing home, and show the old people their 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 outfit and their their, their dresses and things like mm. this. Mm. Um, the bride's dress is usually rented; they don't buy over there; they're always mm. rented. Mm-hmm. So, in in a way, not that they, they still love it or being decked out, but they're a little bit more relaxed about where they go and what they do for their portraits. Mm. So, mm-hmm. we will have them up mountains. We will have them next to waterfalls. We had one wedding last year, and oh, the bride was amazing. It was raining, and I mean heavy rain, and mm. it was pretty cool. <laughs> she did not care. She, they were standing out on a jetty that lead out to a big fjord, and they got the bride and groom cuddling in with each other. They have a fairways umbrella, which is a red and black umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, soaked, absolutely soaked. I'm soaked. They're soaked. They're loving it. <laughs> Jumped in the That's car. Great, yeah. We then we then went up to this waterfall, um, and again, chuck it down with rain, and they don't care. Mm. You know, eventually the, the groom had had enough. He's like, "I'm done. Yeah. Let's go." It's about an hour later. <laughs> we're all soaked, but. Oh, she didn't care she just loved it she wanted the portraits and that was amazing that's so rare absolutely amazing yeah. um dress dried you know that that's that's how it mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. um we had another bride and groom in um december january january uh this year i think mm. it was um year's a bit of a blur <laughs> and it was snowing and it was thick snow and during the portraits there was a snow blizzard mm. and they didn't. They didn't care. They just stayed. Got the pictures, and then and then we left. So we got a little bit of video of them getting the picture taken, and then all of a sudden a big snow blizzard yeah. comes in, and they were they were still keen. So yeah, I, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. You know, I've done some pretty crazy things for photographs. I don't mind as long as the bride and groom are yeah. up there. So we we have that. Um, I don't know if you have in America. If you have um, if you do lineups, this is where the bride and groom and usually the bridal party will be in a line, and then they'll welcome all their gre- their guests. Is that something hmm. to do? Uh, well, we do, no, uh, no. We, we call it a receiving line and usually it's following the, the ceremony. They'll kind of stand in line mm. and guests will greet them on the way out. But we don't like that because it ends up taking forever and we end up yeah. losing time for photos. <laughs> yeah, so I usually yeah, try yeah. and encourage them, no oh, receiving yeah. lines. Forget that. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> well, you see, the, in, in Scotland, a lot of the venues organize everything. They organize what they want and they encourage the couples to do it. And it takes up so much mm. time. You're right. Especially if you've got 120 yeah. to 150 guests in the UK and the, and you've got the bride, the groom, the moms, the dads, the bridesmaids, the usher. Excuse me, and they have to um, they have to greet everyone. It's just like, oh, come on, hurry up. <laughs> yep. You know, there's only so many, there's only so many pictures you can take. In the pharaohs, they do it, but they do it for 250 to 300 people. Whoa, yeah, that must have taken how long? Um, did that take an hour? Yeah. Mm. Wow. It takes usually about an hour, and it's in. But 
they quit chat, hi, they get a present, they get a card, they go in um, and they sit down and they have these big halls and it's like a, it's like a banquet, it's a big feast. You've got, you know, say, say 250, 300 people in the middle of this hall. Um, the weddings are usually either, if it's a religious wedding, mm. there's no alcohol, no alcohol mm. at all. It's a dry, dry wedding. Uh, there tends to be no dancing as well if it's a religious wedding. If it's a non-religious wedding, then there's alcohol mm. and it's mm-hmm. a free bar. Yeah, mm. so there's beer on the tables. There's usually wine on the tables, soda on the tables, and um, but they control it. They don't get rowdy. Uh, they get really good. We're in Scotland to do. They tend to get a bit rowdy and shouting, <laughs> right. drunk, and falling over. Um, fairs are quite respectable, so they'll have the meal, and now this is where it differs because they do the usual speech. Um, the father of the bride, the groom, and maybe the best man will have a speech. And then they'll sing a song. So they're big into fairy songs. They sing lots of songs. Um, then they'll have games. So they play like Mr. and Mrs. and game, mm-hmm. games just to get people involved. Mm-hmm. Then they um, they have their their starter. So the starter comes out, they eat that, the starter finishes, and then they have more games and they have more songs and then more speeches. So anyone can stand up and make a speech. Oh, wow. So you can imagine... Yeah, so the, 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 the video I sent you, that was a small wedding of only 120 people and there was 30 speeches in total. Mm. So the, the, the videographer that came up was from Scotland. I flew him up from Scotland to, to do some filming of me and he did a wedding and the poor guy, oh, he was a mess. He was just so oh, tired. Yeah. And, and then the amount of gigabytes of, of data uh, that, that he must oh, have, you know, oh, for those speeches. Yeah. Huge. Right? Yeah, huge. I, yeah, he, he, he didn't anticipate um, how many, I didn't tell him how many speeches that would scare him off. <laughs> you might have been right. Um, you might fly him there first yeah. and then tell him when the plane lands. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah, it was, it was like two days before we're leaving. It's like, oh yeah, we're doing a wedding, right. by the way. No, it was, it was, it was great. Um, but, you know, you can, you can get anything between 40 to 50 speeches. And, of course, it's a different language. I don't, I don't know what's being said because I'm, I'm not fluent yet in the language, although I'm mm-hmm. learning. Um, some of them go on for so long. Some of them mm-hmm. go quick. And then uh, that really goes on until about half past wow. 11 at night, 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> then they have the first dance wow. around about 12 o'clock at night. So the first dance, 12. Um, oh, forgot to mention, by the way, they don't do desserts. They do dessert these, tables. These, these couples must pass out the minute they get home from their wedding. They're... Yeah, how is the bride still functioning oh, from they, 4 o'clock I... in the morning until 12 o'clock in the morning? Oh, it, gets, it, gets, it gets better. Cake, I tell you, sugar from the cake is what keeps them going. Yeah, so... so the, um, the guests tend to make cakes and bring cakes and desserts and puddings and things like this. So there's usually a table of like 40 cakes and everyone just piles in. Um 12 o'clock, first dance, and then they will dance. I mean, proper dancing, proper, like, waltzing, ballroom dancing they do. Um, and that takes them till about 3 o'clock in the morning. Then they'll have a wedding breakfast, which is usually, like, a soup and a sandwich. And then they carry on till 5 in the morning. And then they stop at 5 in the morning, go home. And then the next day they have an open house and they invite oh. all their guests back to their house. And they have a big more cake and stuff. So that, <laughs> that, that wedding, it started at four in the morning. We end up going up to this big dam and photographing the bride and groom at Holy about three o'clock whoa. in the morning. That's, that's like a 20-hour day. Um, what? So, 
Oh, the bride was awake for 24 hours. Um, she was a trooper. She was amazing. Uh, and we were in this damn beautiful damn huge big okay now i've got to ask you are you yeah. how much are you, what are you charging i for was this? just you, gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> what are you charging for a 20 plus hour work day not as, not as much as i should be charging no. <laughs> yeah, right that's i know i mean i'm not i'm not asking for numbers i'm just saying you know yeah we charge yeah we charge more than what we do in scotland yes know? exactly um, that's right yeah. we, we we charge almost double on mm-hmm. what we do but we are still considered cheap in the pharaohs which i don't like that word cheap i don't like using it but mm-hmm. because we're not living there um because of the the tax and all this sort of stuff i'm only allowed to earn so much mm-hmm. so when we go to do weddings in the fairs we're not really doing it for the money we're doing it for the experience mm-hmm. the portfolio sure. we do we do plan to move there in in about four or five years time so we're already oh, building so, up my reputation so yeah i was gonna move say yep mm-hmm. but the, the, the golden plan is when we do move up there we're gonna hit iceland norway denmark sweden and the pharaohs for doing weddings that's that's mm-hmm. the plan because i can charge i can charge almost three times the price up mm. in places than i can in scotland mm-hmm. so that's that's mm-hmm. what we're working towards Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of work, but you do it for the love. You do, you, sort of. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like how I like how you have a four to five year plan. You know, it's mm. I like that. Kids will yeah. do that to you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> change your life. So, um, yeah, no, I I met my missus, and and from day one, she told me she wanted to move back to the Pharaohs, and mm. and when I first went up there, I fell in love with the place, and mm. it feels like home. It really does. Yeah. So, cool. very good. Yeah. Well, James, so, uh, thank yeah. you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, here My today. pleasure. The, the world yeah, is fun. the world is an amazing small place now that we can just uh, we can just kind of <laughs> do this and say, hey, let's uh, let's have this conversation across halfway across the world and and see what's similar or dissimilar, which was which was interesting. You know, some things yeah. some things I think are very you know similar, and then you know, and then a lot of stuff is is also very dissimilar at the same time. Kind of what, like what I was thinking, you know, before, yeah. but yeah. but. Uh, mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's, I mean, I, I try and I try and encourage the weddings in Scotland. I'm really bad. The venues hate me because I go to a couple and go, let's do something different. Mm. Let's do your wedding slightly different from day one. Yeah. And the venues like, no, 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 no. That's not. We can't do that. We have to do it normal, you know. And it's 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 we're planning our wedding at the moment, and most of the venues are like, we want to introduce fairy traditions into a Scottish mm-hmm. wedding. And like, no, no, because that's not normal. We can't do that. Yeah, it's very it's very hard to it's a very slow moving traditions, you know, like especially like the institution of a lot of uh, churches and organizations and weddings and, you know, culturally. Right. We uh, like it's very hard to to shift things, but, you know, we can we can try. It doesn't stop us from trying. Yeah. Uh, What's uh, in in, in your kind of area? What would you say is an is an overall cost of an average cost of a wedding in in, from the from the couple's perspective overall? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. In our area, so we're you know we're not in a in a New York City or a Los Angeles or a major city, you know, where we are in the states. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I would ballpark anywhere from twenty to thirty five or so. Neil, would you say would you okay. say that's about yeah. right? Twenty to thirty five on the average. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would I would say about twenty five to thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. You're right about there. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because it's the same with us. We're we're on, I think in Scotland the average is something like twenty nine thousand pound for mm. for a wedding, mm-hmm. and a majority of that is a wedding venues. A wedding wedding venues, a good wedding venue is, is quite expensive. You're 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 looking eighteen to twenty thousand usually for the wedding venue alone. Mm-hmm. Depending on your guests, yeah. so 
Yeah, no, it's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, well, James, uh, for our listeners, uh, where can they follow you and uh, and follow your work? Facebook and Instagram usually the best way. Uh, Facebook, you'll get me under James Kelly Photography. Instagram is James Kelly underscore photo, and you can get me on my website, which is jameskellyphotography.com. Excellent. Uh, James, thank yeah, you so awesome. much for jumping on. We enjoyed the conversation, man. My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank Take you. care. Thank you. Cheers, bye. And we're back. Thanks again to James Kelly for that for that interview. Um, very good stuff. Uh, and very cool that we can kind of meet people around the world. <laughs> Just, uh, just like that, and, have, and, and see how similar things actually are, um, you know, across on the other side of the world. But also, what some of the differences are too. Those the Faroe Islands weddings are pretty crazy there with the twenty-hour day. Um, it's nuts. Oh my gosh! I know. Um, anyway, uh, we're just going to continue the last segment of the show uh, for 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 today, and we were going to talk about lighting in terms of the ceremony. Um, and then we're going to actually uh, jump a little bit into the formals as well. Um, we'd mentioned the last episode, we're going to do just a quick, uh, lighting topic from each episode for the next few. Uh, and now we're at the ceremony, but I think based on how Neil and I deal with the ceremony lighting, I think we're going to also talk a little bit about the formals as well. So, uh, Neil, uh, let's go into the ceremony lighting. Um, what do we tell newer photographers about lighting at the ceremony? What should, what should they be doing? Well, you know, I, I try and stay away from um, uh, flash as much as humanly possible. Um, since we have these amazing cameras with high ISO, uh, fast lenses, that's why I kind of stick to um, is the natural light coming into the churches. I kind of spend more time um, with my with my white balance of, of churches because they're usually all over the place. Um, but what I really, really love is... Um, carrying over my high key look from the bride getting ready in is to where in the bride just, you know, the doors just open and the bride is just ready to walk down the aisle with, with her dad. Mm. And there's just that beam of light that just comes through the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the doors aren't open, I try and like ask someone to open up the doors so we can get that. Um, it's always a beautiful, beautiful look. And then, uh, then I just kind of, then I go from I'm I'm always shooting in manual because you gotta have to shoot in manual to get that high key look, uh, and then you know I I do my test settings you know of, of guests before before the ceremony when the guests arrive they're walking you know they're they're being seated escorted being seated and um, I'm I'm usually doing my test settings of of shooting them make sure my shutter speed is fast enough as to where it captures people in time so nobody's blurred and. Uh, and and then I'm ready to go in those settings. I kind of kind of remember of, of those settings, so I'm not playing around when the bride is actually walking towards me. Um, and then uh, you know it's it's pretty much I I, I try and shoot natural mm-hmm. light um, inside the churches. What what about you, Andy? Yeah, um, I think in general I always try to shoot natural light for ceremonies in particular as well. A lot of, you know, we were just talking to James about this, um, and some some priests and churches really don't want any flash going off, that kind of thing. And to be honest, <laughs> if it's at all possible, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be using flash at a church anyway, because usually the ceilings are high. You don't know where that light's going to bounce. It's going to mm-hmm. be different from shot to shot, depending on where your flash is aimed anyway. Um, so if it's all possible, I will try to shoot natural light, and nine times out of ten, that is possible. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but the thing is, is, you know, that I kind of have come to 
just kind of agree with or just be okay with is the idea that for a lot of times church lighting is just going to be what it's going to be and you kind of just capture it as it is and and that sometimes it sometimes sucks and you kind of have to get over it you know like we're like I, I just shot a wedding actually the wedding that i'm editing right now um i'm like editing through this wedding and it's like one of those churches where it's like the blue light is coming in and the terrible tungsten light is clashing and there's no real right answer mm. for like what the white balance should be as i'm editing in post other than at some point you just kind of have to make a decision that you can kind of live with from shot to shot um mm -hmm. and uh, you know so you know i tend to shoot more natural light during the ceremony it's the same thing but making decisions when we can neil kind of like yeah. what you were talking about if you were going for a high key look as the bride is walking in the door trying to get the light through the windows and all that kind of thing like when we can make those decisions we should try and make those decisions um, and the answer always isn't, isn't the same thing that we talked about last episode. Um, the answer always isn't exposed for faces or I'm sorry, exposed for, um, yeah, exposed for the shadows. Sometimes it's exposed for the highlights. And I think that's, that mm -hmm. carries over, especially, you know, through all parts of the day, but at times, especially during the ceremony as yeah. well, when you can find the light, let's say that the couple is up at the altar and there's a light coming from behind the altar aiming at the couple's face for example if you're shooting from down the aisle that might not be that great or maybe it will be maybe you'll have a nice backlight who knows but um you can always if you can get like in front of them mm -hmm. a little bit to the side and shoot into them and then let the shadows fall that could be a nice look depending on how that light hits their face but it's all situational um and so the more but you still should be thinking about light as best as best you can in those situations i guess that's my those are my ceremony thoughts yeah, yeah, and if I'm in a if I'm in a dark church, I'll uh, I'll put a SB 900 in my back pocket, um, just so that it's there, just in case you know I look down at my camera and things are really dark and I can't really can't really do anything about it. I'll throw that um, I'll throw the flash on my camera and I'll pull out the uh, let's say if there are really really um, tall ceilings, I'll um, I'll I'll pull the uh, that little white card mm -hmm. on on top of your flash mm -hmm. so that you, it it does act as a little bit of a bounce as mm -hmm. like kind of like fill light so mm -hmm. that's what I will do um, and when I'm using that white card I hate to use TTL because sometimes it's just way too overpowering mm -hmm. um, because you are kind of like aimed up uh, it's it's just it just doesn't look right so I I do do manual and I usually do that you know when guests are arriving just to practice them on too mm -hmm. so. You know, if you're stuck in that situation, you might want to want to think about that. Okay. Um, and in that case, uh, we're just going to go on to formals or, you, mm -hmm. uh, so, okay. So formals, what do you do for lighting? Do you want me to, you know, what? I, I've seen, I see, I've seen some photographers use, uh, the off camera flash, uh, with an umbrella or soft box. Mm -hmm. I, I I do that sometimes, not all the time. I do that when I have a lot of time. Let's say if it's a twelve o'clock ceremony and when we're done, you know, by twelve thirty, and uh, the cocktail hour doesn't start until six, and we we're, we have a location right outside the church. And it, so, if I have a lot of time, that's that's what I'll take more time with the family portraits and slow things down and bring some bring some extra gear in, and maybe I'll I'll have a, a flash behind them for backlighting. Uh, but usually that's not the case. Usually 98% of the time, that's not the case. So what I'll, I'll just, I'll just uh, put a, a flash right on my camera. Uh, just like I was saying about how people come down the aisle, I'll, I'll pull that little white card up. And um, I, I kind of want to put more focus in on getting everybody together 
and getting the poses right than the uh, the actual mm-hmm. lighting um, because they're just I mean they're, they're <laughs> portraits should be beautiful but I, I think the fill flash for what I do is is good yeah and enough. And, and it can be it can be enough uh, to depending mm-hmm. on your situation um, you know I, so I kind of go back and forth I've actually moved more to doing more off camera stuff but but to make your case and I actually kind of agree. Um, if I can, I would rather not set up the umbrellas and do any of that stuff because you can, things can go a little bit quicker. And usually we can bump up our cameras to an ISO that's, you know, I'm, I'm totally comfortable shooting at like 6,400 ISO for formals, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if there's enough light and it's hitting people in a good enough way, even if it is on camera flash, bouncing off the white card or bouncing off the ceiling or whatever, usually yeah. you're going to find something if you're shooting whatever that, if it's one over eight on your flash, um, bouncing off at 6,400, one over 200 shutter speed or something like that, where that's usually going to be enough, even in a darker church. Um, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, um, I've been, I have actually have been, you know, bringing my, just an umbrella and an off camera flash, uh, this past wedding season. Um, just cause I haven't, I, I don't know. I, the, the, it's been going fine for me, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I do like the look and, you know, I like to have it a little bit off, you know, like a 45 degree angle. Um, but uh, the Mm -hmm. trick to that is, is, um, when, like a few years ago, I used to do a soft box with that and that's actually not a good idea. It's better to definitely use the umbrella if you're going to do that because the soft box is going to be the lights. Well, it'll be soft if you're working up close with a couple, but it's not going to, it's going to be too harsh on a big group and you're not, and you're, the light isn't going to be wide enough. So like, uh, so like mm-hmm. an umbrella, you kind of have to think of like a light grenade, like like it, the light's just going to go everywhere with a, with an umbrella. And that's pretty much what you want for family photos. You just want to make sure everybody's lit. Um, and uh, so I've been doing doing that for family photos, at least inside the church. And then if it's a if it's a nice enough day and it's easy enough to bring people out and there's not not grandmothers or old people that are going to have a hard time walking, mm-hmm. um, I will I will what yeah. I pr- always prefer in a perfect world. I'd always prefer to shoot like my 70 to 200 at a 200 millimeter outside sun behind them, you know, so that they're kind of like rim lit against a dark background. Um, if, if I have my choice and that exists mm-hmm. and it's easy enough to pull them out, that'll be my first choice. But that's only going to happen like one out of five, one out of six times because the light just might be terrible outside. I might have panda eyes like we were talking about <laughs> with James. Uh, so, but if the light's good and, 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 and I feel like my families or the families are mobile enough that I can just say, Hey, come on, everybody, let's go outside. Then I'll do that. Um, if, mm-hmm. if it's going to get a better shot and the bride doesn't like want the photos like in the church, cause some of them really just want them in the church. Yeah, I was, was going to say, do you, uh, do you ask the bride before yeah. that or you just kind of make an executive decision? I'll give her, I'll always it? give them the option. I'll say like, Hey, um, you know, just so you know, we can, uh, we can do the formals right here if you'd like. Um, but I'll, I have to let you know as a professional, I think if we go outside, we're going to get the look of the photos will be much nicer. And also selfishly, it's also mm-hmm. easier for me to shoot them too. Right. Because I've just got good light and I can yeah. just shoot without having to worry about what's happening in the flash. <laughs> Um, so mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I do for, for my formals there. So, um, Fantastic. so Neil, uh, we've made it to episode 50. We made it to the end of episode 50. What do you know? How did that oh, happen? Oh man. I know. I know. And, and you know, we're by next month, we're going on to our third year. That's yeah. insane to me. That's insane. Crazy. I feel like we just started this like, like maybe like eight months in, but no, 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 no. We're just about two years in. <laughs> insanity yeah um anyway uh so that said neil where can people follow you 
Neil Urban, N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N. Uh, type that into your Google search engine and you will find me. And I'm Andy Buscemi. Last name is spelled B-U-S-C-E-M-I. Follow me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, other social media things. And, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Wedding photography.